Yo, this is Pastor Tito, and welcome to another episode of the Revolutionary Podcast. things that I always harp on, especially with the idea of being revolutionary, is always challenging you and myself on what are we revolving our lives around. The same way that the earth revolves around the sun at the center, what is at the center of you? And today I'm warning you, all right, I'm going to come at you because uh, we are constantly fighting for position, for the seat that only Christ should have. And there are some consequences when we don't put God at the center. So let's look at that. Notice everything that has happened today has done that. John came up today and encouraged you, exhorted you, strengthened you in, in the faith by, by what he did. Then uh, the, the band came up here, and what did they do? But they led us in a song. They gave words for us to proclaim together, words to strengthen us in our faith, to remind us of who God is, to proclaim those things. And then I'm going to do that same thing too. Strengthen you by the word of God. Same thing. This is all we're called to do. But notice the, the focus that we're supposed to strengthen others, others. Now, there is a phrase that Paul talks about that we're supposed to train ourselves up and build each other, build yourself up. We're going to leave that for another day because that is not the priority, all right? We do this. We train ourselves up and we build ourselves up in the way that we build up another and in those relationships matter. So notice that it's supposed to be others-focused. And that's hard because we tend to be what? Naturally, others focused? No, we tend to be self-focused. And even in the things, let's be real, even the things that we do for others, how many times have you ever done something for somebody else that you really did it for yourself, right? You did it for you because it made you feel good. It made you feel important. It made you feel better about yourself, significant. That's the problem. That's a big thing that I want to focus on today, guys, is that we tend to be so self-centered, right? We're all about self-promotion. I mean, that's what social media can be. Now, I'm not going to be here to bang the thing against social media, the devil. I'm not going to say that because you know what? The problem, social media is just like money, all right? What's, what's bad about it is what you do with it, you know? And so social media you know, if you, are, if you are seeking affirmation and your confidence in the, what other people are saying, social media is going to be dangerous for you. Now, if you're confident in yourself and you want to be beneficial and helpful, you can put all this content out there because you're not doing it for you. You're doing it to help others, right? But it's the self-centeredness thing. But if you're not careful, man, social media can be all about self-promotion right? You're just, you're saying things that may be good and may be helpful, but you're doing it to get attention. You're doing it for the likes. You're doing it for that dopamine hit of not just, I didn't get just a like, I got a love and a comment. Mm, that felt good, right? And so we do that. That's, that's a real thing, guys. That's dopamine level stuff. That is chemical reactions in your brain as we're dealing with social media. And so it's a big thing. I think that's one of the reasons why we have so many depressed people, especially young people, because they're putting out all this content. They're exposing themselves to the world. World, love me. And oh, I don't get the subscribers. I don't get the followers. I don't get the likes. I don't get the... And, and I think that's a big issue, right? And it becomes self-promotion. And when we're too self-promoting, we become self-obsessed, right? And we're all looking inside of ourselves. And here's the thing, guys. Everything in this world, think about it. Everything in this world is pointing 
to the self. Tells you everything you need. It's just you just got to discover. You got to find yourself, right? You get, you get that one? Go to college and find yourself. That's what you need to do. And God says, Jesus actually said, no, you don't find yourself. In order to find yourself, you actually need to lose yourself. That's when you find the real you. And so, guys, everything in this world is bent towards telling you and to give you everything you want and tell you, yo, you do you. And if self was the solution, then why do we still struggle so much? Because everything, we, we, a lot of us are more selfish. I, I even give me still. A lot of us are way more selfish than you want to give yourself credit for. The reason why you can't tell is because you're still prideful too, all right? And so that's the problem, right? And that's part of the selfishness. We are, if self was a solution, then we wouldn't struggle as much. And so that's why we need to learn. And we need to let God. This is why I prayed earlier today, and I prayed all the time, as we open up your word. Oh, you open up our hearts. Because we can only do so much. It is God that can do the rest. And so that's why, guys, we need to ask God to expose our self-centeredness. And look at the other word, empower us to recenter our lives on him. Because we were designed to function and to live with him at the center. And if you got that gap missing, something is just always going to be missing. Something's always going to be missing. And FOMO is a real thing, right? You ever heard of that fear of missing out? Y'all pro- that's a real thing. And some of you guys got f- a lot of FOMO for a lot of things in this world. But if you had FOMO for what Christ has done and who he is, the world would be a different place. If you had a fear of missing out on what God has done and who he is, the world would be a different place if we had that kind of FOMO. And so that's what I'm asking. So we're going to look at a person, a person that was missing out on something. And praise God, somebody filled in the gaps for him. And so we're going to look at Acts 18, verses 24 through 28. For those of us um, that you, you know, you know. But for those that don't, we're cruising through the book of Acts. We are in Acts chapter 18. We're looking at the next section, next verse. And so we're actually going to do a little bit of a cutscene. I love the way Luke writes. Bro, Luke is a beast storyteller historian. I love this guy. If we had more history tellers like Luke, man, I bet you people would be more into history. And so right now we left off Paul. The whole focus right now in the book of Acts, the second half, is all on Paul. And Paul is doing this amazing, uh, God used him in an amazing way in the second missionary journey. And he's about to go off on the third greatest um, campaign that God has used in his life. And last time we left Paul, he's kind of out and about encouraging other churches. And we get a short cutscene. All right, a short little cutscene that helps to develop two other people that we've been introduced to, and we introduce ourselves to another person. And this cutscene is short, but it's beautiful, and it encourages us too. So let's actually look at that. So now let's read Acts 18. We're going to read it together, verse 24 and 28. So I got it online for those of you, if you on, uh, that don't have a Bible, and it's going to be on the screen for everybody in here, in here and online. So let's uh, read it together, verse 24. Now a Jew named... Apollos, all right, a native of a native Alexandrian, an eloquent man who was competent in the use of scriptures. He arrived in Ephesus. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in spirit. He was speaking and teaching accurately about Jesus, although he only knew John's baptism. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue. After Priscilla and Aquila heard about him, they took him aside and he explained the way to him, the way of God to him more 
accurately. That's the key word there. When he wanted to cross over to Achaia there, the brothers and sisters wrote to the disciples to welcome him. And after Paulos, he arrived. He was a, two words, I love this. What is it? Great help to those by grace, by God's grace, who had believed. For vigorously, for he vigorously refuted the Jews in public, demonstrating through the scriptures that Jesus is the Messiah. Short little story. But these little flyover stuff, guys, we don't want to miss out. We don't want to miss over the flyover stuff. So let's check it out. So first thing we see is Apollos' understanding was incredible. All right, so we kind of caught that. I mean, so far, for those of us that you've been with me for a few weeks now, and especially for the beginning of the year, have we seen this much detail and these many adjectives and stuff describing an individual before? No, I mean, Luke is painting such a picture of this guy. I mean, Apollos was for real. Look at the details. Number one, he's a Jew. All right, so that's interesting there. So he's a Jew there. But where is he from? He's from Alexandria. All right, everyone familiar with history, what Alexandria is from? Right? Egypt, northern Egypt. This was a literally a, a scholar's center. All right? This is the second largest city in Rome. Right? With the famous library of Alexandria. Right? I mean, half a million scrolls back in the day. The knowledge that was lost when that library burnt down, man, is still to this day. That's a tragedy. But Alexandria was known for their, obviously, their intellect. It was a, a, an intellectual center of influence all throughout the Roman Empire. And Alexandria actually had a big deal with, with the church because there was two schools of thought. Antioch, which was the Christian center that we've been looking at so far, they were big and they believed, the school of Antioch believed that the way that you read the Bible is literal. That was the focus. But the school in Alexandria believed, no, the way you got to read the Bible is allegorical. It's, you don't read it literal, you read it allegorically. Well, the truth is you got to do both. All right. And so that was kind of really interesting to see how both uh, guys, this is kind of a cool thing to see our history there. How do we right now we are reading the Bible literally and allegorically. Why? Because of our brothers and sisters 2000 years ago. One in Antioch who developed that understanding and those in Alexandria who developed that understanding. And so here's, where's this guy from? Alexandria. And Apollos is out there. Notice, what was the other words? Eloquent. Man, this guy, you could hear someone, you can hear him tell stories all day. Anybody know somebody like that? Right? That they could just talk and you just be like, bro, you got another story in you? Bro, just keep talking. That's this guy. Man, this guy knew how to talk. He was passionate. He, was, uh, he knew what to say. Notice the two words, competent and instructed specifically in the Old Testament. And so he's a Jew. He knows what to do, right? He knows the Old Testament, especially being from such a, um, a highly intellectual, scholarly town. Man, this guy knew how to handle the Old Testament. I mean, this guy was incredible. And the other word you guys catch, it was fervent in spirit. Now, not in the Holy Spirit. Spirit means himself. And the word fervent means boiling. I mean, this guy, when he talked, my guy was sweating. I mean, he was out there like he was passionate about what he had to say, right? So y'all see this picture, all right? This guy knew what he was saying because notice that he also said, Luke says he was teaching and speaking accurately and with boldness about who? Jesus. So he's been confronted with Jesus and he's out there. I mean, he's doing a great job 
passionately, boldly out there telling people about Jesus. But then Paul, I'm sorry, Luke gives us a little detail. I mean, he's painting this epic guy, right? His understanding, Apollos was incredible. But then, surprise twist, his understanding, although as incredible as it was, it was incomplete. Y'all cut that. And that was a shock to the, the system. Like, whoa, wait a minute. He was incomplete. Now, what was it incomplete? See, the word here, uh, you guys catch it. He was telling them about the way of the Lord. That is an Old Testament phrase. So some of you guys, I'm helping you out so you don't have to go out there and hunting it. That is there many times. And the way of the Lord is just the truth of God, the way of God. And so he was very versed in understanding that, but he also understood the grace of God. And he was talking about Jesus. And so he understood John's baptism, which is one that we're going to go into. But so Paul's, now so Apollos, guys, look, when he saw the history, the literal history of the people of Israel, he knew it was also an allegory. He knew that, listen, in the same way that the Israelite people needed to be saved, all of us need to be saved. And the, and the, 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 the law that God gave us was not to encourage us to be better and behave better. It was to show us how imperfect we are. And the sacrificial system, that the, us, we had to sacrifice animals in worship. Why? Because it was a reminder, before they could sing their songs and hear their stuff, they used to have to kill an animal. Because it was a reminder that they have trespassed against God. And the penalty of sin is death. And God was gracious to say, instead of you dying, which it should be you, because you sin, an innocent animal needs to die in your place. And Apollos was very new. He guys, this is what that meant. This was an allegory. It was true, but it was allegorical. It, it meant that, guys, God is gracious to us. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, Apollos would say. And he's saying, and God made a way for an innocent sacrifice to take the penalty of our sin. He sees it, that we need that. We need something. And so he would hype the Messiah. And he would say, the Messiah is coming. And the Messiah is here. And he would talk about Jesus. But something was missing. His understanding was incredible. His understanding, though, was incomplete. And he needed to be instructed. And so there we have two familiar people. If you've been with us for a couple weeks, we've already heard of Priscilla and Aquila a couple times, yes? We got two, this married couple, all right, shows up once again. And they were there. They were sitting in the synagogue. They were sitting on Saturday. And they must have heard, Woo, boy, this guy's going off. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I've never, Apollo, they have never heard someone like Apollos. I mean, just literally throughs the Old Testament, pointing to explaining everything accurately. Notice he didn't get anything wrong. And he's out there doing it. And then he goes to the climax of his message and he talks about Jesus and stops. Apollos and, uh, you know, not Apollos, uh, Aquila and Priscilla must have just been, no, oh my gosh, wait, why, why did you stop there? Why did you stop there? And so they took him, notice the scripture says, took him to the side. Beautiful. Aquila and Priscilla could have stood up in the middle of that synagogue. I'm like, hey, bro, this guy, instead of yelling at him and hyping him up publicly, ridiculing him public, correcting him publicly, we got this married couple say, after church, all right, they went aside. I was like, Apollos, I want to introduce myself. By the way, you want to go, you want to get some lunch? You want to go, you know, have dinner? You want to come over to our house? We'd love to talk some more. They took him to the side in private. They got to talk to him. They saw that his heart was genuine. But notice that Luke says they had to explain it, what? More accurately. 
Guys, more accurately was something that they needed to do. In essence, what it said was, Apollos, you got some gaps that you're missing. Let you, we got to get you up to date. You, you, we need to bring you back up to date because you know a lot about Jesus, but all you know is the baptism of John. And that's a different one, not this John. Right? I know we got a John earlier that we're here today. But listen, let me tell you what the baptism of John was. John the Baptist would go out there and say, guys, we need a Messiah. God has promised that the Messiah is coming. And he said, and we're even seeing evidence of it, that this is, there was a high level of anticipation, guys, in Israel and in the Jews among that time. They really believed that God was moving and God was going to show up and the Messiah would come. I've even heard that women during that time would pray, Lord, because they believed and they saw prophecies of, of kind of like a virgin birth. And a lot of women would even pray, Lord, choose me. Let it be me. There were a lot of people who would pray that because they, there was a high level of anticipation that the Messiah would come. And John would say that. And John would tell people, repent. Get ready. Repent. Repent. For when the Messiah comes, or your sins can be forgiven. Everything that the, the John the Baptist's message was that. Repent, for the Messiah is coming. And even said, the Messiah is here. John the Baptist said, and here comes the one who I am unworthy to even untie his sandals. I'm, 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 more, I'm worthy to untie his Adidas. This guy, it is Jesus. Here comes the Lamb of God, that perfect sacrifice. So he would point to it. And so Apollos must have studied and must have heard about this. And so he was hyping everybody up. Guys, Jesus is the one. Jesus is the one. But they were missing something. See, John the Baptist, I'm sorry, Apollos only understood the baptism of anticipation. He did not understand the baptism of accomplishment. He did not know. He knew a lot about Jesus, and he believed that Jesus was the Messiah, but he didn't know. What did Jesus accomplish when he died on the cross? What did Jesus accomplish when he resurrected from the dead? What did Jesus accomplish when the Holy Spirit fell down on Pentecost? He, he didn't know any of this. All he knew was the, we need to have our sins forgiven and the Messiah can forgive sins. First off, that is beautiful in and of itself. Can y'all just pause for a minute and just revel in the fact that if God, would you be happy that if all God did was forgive you of your sins and nothing else, would that be enough for you? It would be for me. Think about that. If all God did was pardon you of your sins and say, and because of that, you can spend an eternity with God. Would that be, enough? online, let me talk to you, would that be enough for you? Everybody here, would that be enough for you? I hope it would. I hope it would. If it's not, then I'm going to pray, all right, God got to do a work. But it would be enough if God, all he did was that. And that's all he's saying. Guys, we have the forgiveness of our sin is made possible. That God is doing it in this guy named Jesus. But he didn't understand it all. And now he had to bring it up to date. Yo, you missed it, right? I'm like, like our computers. You ever had something, your phone, like eventually there's an update and you got some bugs, things aren't working. You, your phone needs to get an update, right? Your computers need to be updated. Technology needs to be updated. Well, Paul actually helped Aquila and Priscilla get updated. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. They, had, they, were Jew, they were Jewish Christians. And when they met Paul, Paul explained to them all that God had shown him and the apostles. And man, Aquila and Priscilla were, it was, oh my gosh, they were so encouraged. And then they hear someone else. And the same way that Paul strengthened them, here's Aquila and Priscilla strengthening someone else. And they go and they tell, and this is amazing, guys. Can you pause for a minute? Last week, we told you guys Aquila and Priscilla was tent makers. 
who, where is Apollos from? Remember, where is he from? Alexandria. So this guy is, this guy is out there. I mean, could you imagine what we're seeing here is two blue-collar believers correcting a scholar. Look at that. So look at the boldness of Aquila and Priscilla humbly, lovingly. They're not out here saying, oh, you look at this guy. You know, he's so smart. Look, he don't know nothing. You know, they're not like that. They're not talking down to an Apollos. They're two blue-collar believers who love, who they see love. He see they love in Jesus in him. And they, two blue-collars catch up a scholar. And that says a lot about Apollos. Could you imagine if you were Apollos? Bro, you coming in with, you know, four PhDs and you got a resume. I mean, what do you need? And here you got two people. Oh, by the way, Apollos, can we kind of tell you something? I think you're wrong on one thing. How many people, how many, uh, you know, intellectual snobs, you know, would totally be, uh, oh, that's cute. That's cute. All right. Really? Um, that's cute. That says a lot about Apollos' heart. My, Apollos was a great teacher, but he was also teachable. And guys, that's a good thing for all of us. Let me just help y'all, please. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how much you know. You don't know enough. I want to remind that of myself. The more I'm still in school, the more books I read, the more things I come to know, the more I realize I know nothing. Okay? Oh, my gosh. I know nothing. And it's very important to be teachable. All right? Wives, let me, let's, let's bring it at home. Wives, it's very important. All right? You got knowledge that your husband needs to know. Can I get a amen on that? Wives, you got some knowledge that you got to drop on, on your boy there, right? He needs it. Fellas, you got some knowledge too. Don't hold it back, all right? So ladies, you got to listen too, all right? Dish it out and take it, all right? You got to do both. You, it's important to be able to encourage each other. Parents, let me talk to the kids, all right? All right yo, kids, you got your parents. I don't care how old you are. You could be 18. You could be 8, 5, all right? You could be 28. You could be 38, 39. That's me, all right? My, and I know that my parents have a lot still to teach me. I don't care how old I am still. If they're alive, I know that they have, which they are, they got a lot to teach me. So I don't care how old you are. If your parents are still here or you got grandparents, aunts and uncles, I don't care how old you are. You could be, you know, they could teach you. They should. And parents, hey, your kids can teach you a thing or two sometimes too. Amen on that one? Come on, I need a kid. Come on, amen. Right? Look, our kids can teach us a lot. Our kids can still teach us a lot. And it's important to be teachable, humble in this way. And Apollos was not just humble. My boy was hungry. He was hungry to know God. And so when he shows up and Aquila and Priscilla saying, listen, you thought it was awesome that all Jesus was going to do was forgive us of our sins? Who let me tell you? Let me tell you about this. Let me tell you that not only did Jesus forgive us of our sins, but he makes it possible for us to be adopted into the family of God. You have been transformed from enemies of God to sons and daughters of God. Apollos, let me tell you about that when God forgives you of your sins, he gives you eternal life, not just to experience when you die, but Jesus says that we can experience life now, that we can get to know God now, that we can experience him now. Oh, and Apollos. Apollos, let me tell you, if it wasn't for not only did he forgive us of our sins and he made us family, but he also gave us the Holy Spirit of the living God. And in the Holy Spirit, now it is God who dwells in us. He doesn't just wash your cup clean. He fills it with himself. And now you are, you are not just alone anymore. God says, I will never abandon you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. The promises are, and the Holy Spirit in us is a deposit of greater things. 
things. Guys, if you ever put a, a deposit down, or imagine this, if you go to a bank to buy a house, you got to put a deposit down a lot of times, right? Why? Because you're telling the bank, hey, here's a good chunk of money, but this is a deposit to let you know that there's a lot more money coming right? That's what a deposit is. You put a deposit down to a bank, a loan, a lender, and you're telling them, here's a lot of money. Just so you know, this is a sign that more money is to come. Guys, the Holy Spirit, the scripture says, is our deposit. God gave us a deposit of himself. And it is one to say, look, this is a lot and there's more to come. There is more to come in the next world. And this deposit is beautiful in and of itself. But there's more to come, Apollos. This is so much better than you can ever imagine. And so Apollos, though he was incredible and his, his understanding was incredible, yet it was incomplete. He was instructed and then his understanding was increased. And did you see now how Luke describes him? He goes, and this is, guys, a lot of people believe that this is at the point when Apollos actually got saved. He, before he was Old Testament saved, meaning he believed in God, he believed in the Messiah, he knew that he was a sinner in need of a Savior, and he had just put trust in God, like Abraham did, like Noah, like David, like all of the great men and women of old in the Old Testament. They put their faith in God, but when he understood, wait a minute, he rose from the dead? Wait a minute, like he's not dead anymore. He rose and, and, and gave the evidence of, and oh my gosh, everything opened up. And now this is what many believe that he became truly saved and filled with the Spirit. So his redemption led to a letter of recommendation. I don't know if you caught that. The, the, the church in Ephesus, they were so amazed at what God had done in Apollo's life. They wrote a letter of recommendation saying, hey, wherever he was going, guys, he's, he's one of us. He's, I'm telling you, God. God has done an amazing, so they kind of stamped his approval. The, the Ephesian church is co-signing. Guys, this guy eventually goes to Corinth, and he's encouraging and helping the believers there. And notice at the very beginning, Apollos goes from being fervent in spirit, and now he is under the power of the Holy Spirit. Two different things. Two different things. And guys, that's a good thing for us to do. I want you guys to all to know, me too, I don't care what your understanding is of God. All of us, me too, all of us, we can always learn more, all right? It, we could always come into greater focus and in getting to know, oh, I know God loves me, but even that, we need to be instructed more accurately and to come into greater focus more and more, which is why we come together on Sundays, why you should spend time with God, with other believers, like John was saying earlier, and, and so many other things, because we should continue to do that. But for being fervent in spirit is not enough. You can be hot for God on the outside. You can have all the passion in the world. But notice that it wasn't enough, not even for an Apollos. Apollos was a powerful man. He had, I mean, probably at this point, probably the, the, the greatest preacher, of communicator that we're seeing right now in the church of that day. And even his eloquence and skill wasn't enough. He also needed the Spirit. And if Apollos needed to trust in the Spirit of God, why not us? So should we. Guys, we need to do the same thing. We need to be able to. And notice that he goes and he's out there. And before he was just teaching and 
teaching and speaking boldly about Jesus, right? Talking about, he was, that was it. But now it says that he vigorously refuted everyone, the Jews, proving that Jesus was the Messiah. Guys, I, right, bro, Apollos is just going off. Apollos at this point is literally like, uh, he's literally like uh, Tyson in his prime. I mean, he is just laying guys down. Every time somebody brings an argument, bro, he's just putting them on their neck. Not, deba- not debating in a, in a, you know, prideful way. But vigorously refuting means, bro, he didn't lose one debate. Every time somebody had an objection, he used scripture and says, no, this is the truth according to God. Not according to me, but according to God. My boy was just laying people out in his wake. That's what he did. And it was not because of his wisdom and not because of his eloquent speech. What was it now? It was the power of the Holy Spirit inside of him. It was the spirit of the living God inside of him. And um, bro, the, the Jews must have, they were frustrated. Jesus would frustrate the Jews sometimes and some of their debaters. Bro, that, that's what this guy was. Apollos was frustrating all kinds of people. And so, and this is so, this is so cool because we see a guy like Apollos. And you, amen, you, all of us here, we may see, you go, all right, that's a great amen, right? Because we see, all right, yeah, I can, that makes sense. I see a, you know, a scholar. He's eloquent. He's, he's very, he's a very knowledgeable, talented of course God would use him in such a great way, but I'm not Apollos. That's not me. Some people, look, you do the same. I, I hear it because I have conversations with a lot of you guys. You look at me and you do the same thing. Well, I can't do what you do. I can't stand here and do that. I don't know this. I don't know that I'm not you. And here's the shocker. That here's the thing that I want you to understand. The, the big thing that we all need to be caught up in. In that the same power. The Holy Spirit power that helped and empowered the apostles is what caused them to help a guy named Barnabas. And a guy named Barnabas was very key in helping some guy named Paul. And Paul helped, was a big help to Aquila and Priscilla in helping them grow in their faith. And Aquila and Priscilla were a great help to a guy named Apollos. And Apollos became, according to Luke, a great help to the Ephesian and the Corinthian church to the point that in one of the letters, Paul says, what I, the seed I planted in the Corinthian church, Apollos watered. Like we're working hand in hand here. The same power is the same power that God extends to each and every one of us. Listen, there's no ranks and classes, guys, in God's family. God doesn't dish out some power more than others. Now, we may have some that access it or leverage it more than others because some are aware of it, some are not. But guys, I just want you to know that, that there is no necessarily, well, there's team A, there's the varsity, and there's the, then there's the, you know, uh, JV, and then we're riding, we're on the practice squad. Ain't no practice squad in God's army, guys. There's none. We're all on the front lines together. And that same power that empowered them is the same one that can do to us because it is all his grace, not your goodness. It's God's grace that does it, not your goodness. And so I kind of want to do right now, we've all kind of come to the side here. And I want to be in Aquila and Priscilla here for you this morning. I want to take y'all aside for a minute like they did. Now, technically, I'm doing it publicly, but, you know, I, I ain't making you stand up on camera and putting a mic in your face. So technically, there's a little privacy here. All right. But I'm pulling you off to the side. I'm, my, my prayer is to continue to grow more accurately in understanding who God is and what he's done for us. And all I can do is share what I've come to know and share with you so that you can experience the same thing. And here's what you and I all need to be reminded of what Apollos, what he encountered, and it's this. Here's the bottom line. 
regardless of how, air quotes, incredible you are. All right? Because that's our culture, man. Our culture would be like, oh, you're so awesome. You're amazing. God is all, oh, God loves you. All true. But, you know, the big focus is you're incredible, right? You're they're constantly hyping you up. Now, here's the thing. I don't care how incredible, air quotes, you are. You are incomplete and incompetent without Christ. You need to hear that one one more time, especially for the prideful folk. I need to, I need to hit that, that spot two more times. All right, listen. It doesn't matter how incredible you are. You are incomplete and incompetent without Christ. We see it in Apollos. Apollos, was an inc- he was incredible in so many ways, yet he too, he was incompetent. He could not do in his fervent spirit. He couldn't accomplish what he was doing in the power of the spirit. He was not able to accomplish that. Being fervent, boiling passionately hot in the spirit, he was not enough. He was incompetent of helping people to understand. He was incompetent of himself understanding. He needed to be guided. And because of that, he was also incomplete. He was incomplete. He wasn't enough, not even for himself. And so, guys, I want to tell you again, regardless of how incredible you think you are, regardless of how incredible society tells you you are, regardless of what you, your mama, you this, you that, or whatever, regardless of how, think, how incredible you think you are, you are incompetent and incomplete without Christ. And so let me ask you, if you're an Apollos, we're all in Apollos to a certain extent. So if you're, if you're an Apollos, then we're all missing something. For those of us, maybe it's we need to be more brought up to date with some things. Some of us are walking and we're trying to follow Christ and we're trying to live for him. Yet we're unaware of still certain things that we need to constantly learn and constantly know about. Who God is exploring certain characteristics of him. Helping to understand what does it mean that the Holy Spirit has been indwelling in you. What does it mean to live by the Spirit, walk by the Spirit, pray in the Spirit? What does it mean to do these things more accurately, more accurately, so we can learn to rely less on us and what? More on Him. So I would not ask, what are we missing? Because see, Apollos is, what Apollos was missing wasn't information. He was missing formation. He was missing transformation. And that only can come by focusing on who Christ is. And the more we get to know Christ, the more you get to know who he is and what he's done for you, the more of a difference he makes. So really, guys, you and I, we're not just missing a what. We're all missing a whom. We're all missing a whom. And for, for online, everyone here, I'm telling you, if you feel like there is a, a gap missing in your life and you've tried to fill it with everything and anyone, the, the, the applause and praise of people, it feels good, but it's not enough. And maybe it's substances, maybe it's this, maybe it's work, maybe it's achievements. Whatever it is, you know it. It's not enough. You're missing something. And if you're here, it's probably because you know it. Oh, let me try the Jesus thing, see if that one fits. But even that, you got to be careful. Because so many times people want to put the religion in there instead of the relationship that God is, which is a religion too. But I'm talking about empty religion instead of relationship religion. Religion is nothing but your understanding of faith and theology. There's nothing wrong with religion. But if you want to treat religion as here's something else I can do and try harder at, you've messed it up. True religion is understanding, look what Jesus has done for us. Look at who he is. That is the religion that we need. What has he done for us? Who is he to us and for us? And who are we now in him? 
That is the kind of religion that we need to keep growing and knowing in. And so, guys, we're all Apollos here, but if you're a believer in Christ, let me tell you, you're also an Aquila and Priscilla. You should ask yourself, listen, they were just at church on a regular Saturday for them. It was Jews. And here, wow, that was a great speaker, but man, he kind of, you know, dropped the ball there at the end. Kind of was, he was missing a little something. I don't know, maybe next time he'll get it fixed. They could have gone off and did their own thing, but they invited him over, possibly for dinner, maybe some coffee, who knows. Guys, this man's life was transformed just being taken aside for a second. You never know who you can help when you just help this one person. Aquila and Priscilla just took one guy out for coffee, or they, they invited him over for one dinner. Guys, this dinner, this moment transformed his life. Guys, you never know what a simple act of loving kindness can do for one person. And this one person went out and helped tons of people. And it's still to this day, you never know. You never know by the grace of God, a great help that you can be to the world when you do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. Right? That's a big one. I know I'm, I'm looking at some of us, and I've, I've seen it in your eyes, and it's overwhelming. Guys, what can I do, right? I'm not, okay, I understand the same power is in me. I'm with you, but I'm just one. I don't understand this. I don't know. I'm not this. I'm not that. You're missing it again. You're missing it again because it's not about that. If every one of us, we're not called to save everybody or love everybody, that we can't do that. But if you could do for one, what you wish you could do for everyone, and we all did that, what difference would we make? It'd be a bigger one. It would be a bigger one. And so, guys, listen, Aquila, uh, Apollos was a great help to the church because Aquila and Priscilla were a great help to the church. They were a great help to this man. And, guys, I'm telling you, it's the same thing here. You and I all, I pray to be a great help for you, but I, I want you all to understand you are all a great help for me. And you should be a great help for others. And so this is why we constantly tell you guys, take a next step. Don't just be a face in the crowd, an online crowd. Don't just be a, 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 you know, an avatar. Don't just warm a seat. Warm somebody's heart. If you're not volunteering, start volunteering. If you're not getting to know other people, start doing that. Show up to different things that we do because, guys, you all... It's in each and every one of us, regardless of the oldest to the youngest. It is the spirit of the living God that makes the biggest difference. We all can be a great help because our God is our ultimate great help in every time of need. That is who he is. And that is how he wants to reveal himself in and through you. And so as believers, you should always ask yourself, eyes open, ears open. And you should always ask, whom should I edify? Who, whom should I edify? I, I know there's some of us, we hear conversations, and maybe you're afraid to interject, but you can do it in a loving way. Maybe not publicly. Maybe you need to take somebody else in private and have that conversation better because you don't know how to have it publicly. That's okay. That's okay. But guys, I'm telling you again, that is what we do. We, we are called to be a great help. And you can, I can only be a great help because he is our great help. Because again, you and I are, as incredible as you are, yeah, right? as incredible as you are, you are too. You got to own up. Say it with me. I'm incompetent. Say it with me. Online type it. Say, I'm incompetent and I am incomplete without Christ. And that is something that, should you feel bad about that? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to say it. All right. Should you feel bad about it? Yep. You should. But not in a woe is me kind of a way because 
we are not left hopeless. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm incompetent and complete without Christ. Well, Christ makes it easy. All you have to do is believe, trust in him, keep following him. You don't have to have it all figured out. Apollos didn't have it all figured out, and he kept going, and he kept growing. Aquila and Priscilla didn't have it all figured out. Paul himself didn't have it all figured out. They kept on growing because they kept on knowing. And that is the rhythm, guys, that we all need to have. I congratulate all of us for being here because this is a one step, but it is just a step. All right? Information turns into transformation when we understand it, when we believe it, when we amen it, and then when the amen becomes action. Amen must become action. And the Spirit of the living God empowers us to do just that. Guys, you know... Why focus on how incredible you are when we instead can focus on how incredible Christ is? How incredible he is. And the incredible work that Christ has done on the cross for us and through the grave for us. That is more incredible and more worthy of our attention, more worthy of our focus than anything you can ever do or accomplish. It's him. He is what we're designed to focus on, not on ourself at the center, but the Savior at the center. He has made it possible for us. And because of that, when we realize that, how incredible is he? Well, I'll just give you two things as a summary one more time. Our God is incredible because he has given you two amazing general gifts. Number one, he's extending pardon to guilty sinners. Pardon is enough. If all Jesus did was said, you are pardoned of your sins and your trespasses and everything you've ever done. And that is all of us. You are pardoned. That's, that would be enough. And that is beautiful in and of itself. But God not only gives us pardon, but he also gives us power. And that power is not something that's always flashy. That power isn't always just something that's just, wow, there is so much supernatural even in the simple. For the, for the presence of the living God dwells in every believer to give you the strength that you need to guide us and to grow more accurately in who he is. Our God has given us power to live. It is him. It is Christ that Paul would say, no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. He has given me new life and he empowers us to be able to go and not just put a dent in the world, but make a difference in the kingdom for, of God. That he has given us pardon and power. And because of those two things, guys, we should promote Christ and praise his name forever. That is what he has done for us. Right? Why self-promote yourself when you can promote the king of kings? Right? Why live for the praise of people when now you get to experience and know the joy that it is to praise God? in front of people. When you reverse it and flip your focus like that, you can go from being fervent in spirit and being empowered by the spirit. And that's a big one because a lot of us, we still sometimes, and it's, we're all tempted to try to do it ourselves. Even with Christ, to try to do it. And then you get tired and you get this and you get that. And that's normal if you get tired. But praise God that that's what the spirit of the living God is for. What we cannot accomplish on our own, God can do. And he desires to do. That is what we have. We have a more incredible God than any of us could ever imagine. And I pray that the Holy Spirit can help us to learn that 
and remember that and keep growing in that just a little more accurately today than yesterday because that's what makes the difference. Yo, I don't mean to be mean, but I do mean to help you look at yourself because you are not enough. You are not enough. If you were, you wouldn't have the problems that you're having. But in Christ, Christ is more than enough. He is more than enough. Focus, like I said, on how incredible he is. He offers us pardon from sin and power to live. There is nothing else in this world that can compare. So as much as you want to look inside of the mirror at yourself, instead, look at the window. Look through it and see Christ on the other side. That is the biggest difference maker. He is the biggest difference maker. I mean, he's God. Who else, right? Who else? You were made for him. And he has made it possible for you to know this and experience this in your life.